What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer starting October 17th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shout out to that guy, The majesty. Oh, my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. Happy flipping Friday, everyone. Am I right? Oh my God, did I need this day today? I this has been a week. Oh man, for the obvious reasons that we already talked about some uh, earlier in the week, and also just like because I mean, it's just been you know what. It's been such a it's been such a crazy week that I'm going to play some of the generic music that's built into the roadcaster. So don't worry about this, Troy. This doesn't have to be cleared. It's not real music. But here we go. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the show. Friday. It's October 13th. Coming to you live from New York City. Welcome to Cheapy. I'm your forever 24-7 champion, Peter Rosenberg. I got my man Lee Donahue on the drums. That's the sound of my man Troy the Goy on guitar. Oh, yeah. Don't ask why. But uh, we're here, everyone, and happy to be here. You know what I mean? Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South, is here, baby. I, I thank you to the person who mentioned in the Discord 
their appreciation of hearing the Jimmy Jimmy Hart voice <laughs> when, when talking about his comments on my Instagram. Because that really, it, it popped me in retrospect, too, to think about. That it can be a serious subject, and then when you hear Jimmy Hart weigh in, it still sounds like Jimmy Hart. So you could be talking about the election, and, and Jimmy likes it. I appreciate you speaking on these important uh, issues in the country, Pete. Thanks, baby. It's just nice to think about. Oh, and it is Friday the 13th. You know what that means. <laughs> we have to do scary voices. Because it's Friday the 13th. <laughs> uh, you know who else lives Friday the 13th? Wait. Oh, there I am. Yeah, hit the right button for your boy. You know who it is. Smark. It's me, and I'm back. I just want to say one thing. A hearty congratulations in order to AEW for destroying WWE on Tuesday. Woo! You kidding me? Yes, AEW beat NXT. Yes. Now, okay, NXT had 300,000 more viewers, but if you read the tweet from Tony Khan, then you know. AEW actually won. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'll read you the tweet right now. Because I was feeling, you know, not so good because I hate WWE. But then, when I read this tweet from our Lord and Savior, Tony Khan, I knew all would be good in the world, baby. Yeah. Another win. Put it down in the books. Your boy, Schmark Schmishishman, gets it again. No problemo. Yeah, you want me to find the quote? Good, I'm going to find it. Here it is, here it is. The great quote from Tony Khan. This week, two active decades-long rating streaks from two great legends were ended. With all due respect, until this week's head-to-head AEW on TBS versus WWE on USA, neither John Cena nor Undertaker had ever been on a WWE show with under a million total viewers and under 400,000 in the demo. Woo! That's a win! Thank you! I'm out. So, uh, in all seriousness, you know, I, I, I like Tony Khan. So I don't like to beat up Tony. So just to be clear, this brings me no pleasure. I was actually annoyed when I saw that tweet. Sorry, Schmarks Mixers man. Um, why, 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 why did Tony? Ha- he's becoming that guy right now, and like everything I know about Tony Khan, he's a lovely guy. I don't know why this is the path. I don't, I just don't get it. I don't know why he thinks the, the the move is to essentially talk ish about Vince McMahon whenever he can. And, and, and by the way, it's funny. He talks ish about Vince whenever he can. But at the same time, every article that comes out these days, if you pay attention to the the, the internet, is that Vince is is really not very involved. So like this is a weird time to be going after Vince McMahon, period. And then also, like, just worry about your show. 
you know, which which has its own stars and fans and TV deal. I'm not saying I'm not up for some healthy competition, but you decide you had to run on a Tuesday because of the baseball playoffs, right? So in case you don't know and you've been under a rock, AEW ran on Tuesday. We all know that. And it was the debut match of Edge, Adam Copeland, against Luchasaurus. Why did they end Edge's first match in a ridiculous, stupid schmaz? I'm sorry. I don't know. I do not know. But either way, it's awesome that he's there. Cool. All right? We're going to get MJF and Jay White. That'll be interesting. Some controversy around MJF uh, and the Jay White thing this week. Uh, in, that, in that segment, I should say. And we'll get to that in a, in a second. Um, but you got a lot of stuff going on. You ended up running this show on a Tuesday, okay? As a result of running on the Tuesday, you're up against NXT. So, rights deals up, all these different things we know. WWE decides to stack NXT. And stack they did. But, as it turned out, not shockingly, when the stacking happened, it means you took a big old L. NXT, the third show on WWE, got 300,000 more viewers than Dynamite, the number one show on AEW. However, it's NXT's main night. It's AEW's weird Tuesday night. And NXT ran and promoted John Cena, Cody Rhodes, Asuka, The Undertaker. They had Jade Cargill on there. It, it, it was Paul Heyman. It was craziness, craziness, and it worked. But if I'm Tony Khan, I just take my win as look how hard they had to work to ensure the number. That's the path I would take. Don't pretend you won when you lost by 300,000. That's stupid. That is stupid, guys. I'm sorry. Even for the most ardent AW versus WWE AW people, it's stupid. And you know me. You know, yes, I work for WWE. I am a homer. I'm rooting for the good guys. It's how I do. Every job I work for, that's who I rock out with. I I, I believe in the loyalty of the of the the people that uh, butter your bread. But I'm also a believer in the industry doing well with multiple products. As you know, I have very close friends at AEW. I enjoy the show. I'm not a hater. I'm here to call it like it is. Um, and I say, and I say that knowing, of course, that my bias—I'm admitting my my bias leans one way, of course—but I'm not a hater. I'm a fan. And this was just dumb. This was dumb. Worry about worry about the the product, the talent, figuring out what to do with Max to make sure you get the most out of your superstar. Since you had a, some really bad, a really bad break with the injury to Adam Cole, don't make up a story about. How when you think about it, we really won because Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Everyone had always been talking about the fact that there'd never been an episode with Undertaker or Cena with less than a million. That's not even a thing, dude. That's making up a stat. That's not even a thing. So let's not be silly. Let's focus on what matters. In that uh, AEW episode, there was some. Con oh, Ellie Knight also was on NXT. There was some controversy in the MJF um, segment with Jay White with Juice Robinson. And Juice Robinson mentioning that he had a roll of quarters with MJF's name on it. 
He pulled out an actual roll of quarters with Friedman on them. And apparently people were not happy about this. They thought, given the timing of what's happening with Israel and Palestine, why would you reference anything related to the quarters and and and, and Judaism? But a couple of things are important to remember. First of all, apparently Max came out and said something. So after this segment, uh, MJF went on social media and uh, he said, Muhammad Hassan was portraying an evil Muslim terrorist. I'm actually Jewish. I've actually gone through this. This is my real life, my story. And I look forward to giving catharsis to every single person who's been oppressed or bullied. If you think I'd play with that or take it lying down or worst of all, hide from the hard conversations like a coward, you're on crazy pills. I look forward to the hard conversations this starts and creates. I look forward to people being further educated. My life's work is to stand up to any and all injustices done to people due to something as stupid as being different. To anyone that thinks that can't be done through the avenue of professional wrestling, then that's an indictment on things that have happened in this sport's past. I look forward to bringing the sport into the present. I look forward to knocking Juice Robinson's teeth down his throat. And most, most of all, I look forward to getting back the triple B. Here's the most important thing to note and why I was not remotely offended by this. The quarters thing, it was kind of brilliant because Juice Robinson does that. I didn't even realize that as a thing because I'm a hack. But that's a Juice Robinson thing. Hitting people with a roll of quarters. It's a weapon that he's done while he's in AEW, that he's used in AEW and previously in New Japan. And then by pulling it out now, it alludes to the incident Mac talk, Max talks about from his childhood. So everyone relax. I know it's a super duper sensitive time and everyone has the right to be sensitive. I don't think that's what this was. It, it, it was his thing that Juice Robinson does and it's kind of brilliant because of course it makes Max's character, the MJF character go, oh my God, I can't believe you did that when you know everything that is from my past. But also it's a thing that Juice Robinson just does. So guys, there's so many things to be legitimately upset about. I, I just, I didn't, I don't know, you guys tell me. Maybe you'll say I'm all wet on this and I'm wrong. To me, this seems like the kind of thing that people who are looking to be upset will be upset about or people who don't watch wrestling will be upset about. But I, I didn't take an issue with that. Um, all right, we have a lot of mail to get to today. And then what a guest. I spit in the face of people who don't want Carlito as a guest. Carlito's on the show today, guys. Are you kidding me? I thought Dip was going to be on the show, but we missed time, didn't? He's at the office, and I'm seeing him tonight. But that won't do anything for the podcast. Uh, but mail. We got a big 20-minute conversation with uh, Carlito coming up in a little bit. His SmackDown debut tonight. I recorded this interview with him yesterday. Super stoked for you to hear it. And let's uh, go through some email. God, guys, I appreciate you so much. There's so much here. Um. Let's see. The first one here is from Kyle. Hey, Peter, had a thought as you you were Friday something-ing about John Cena's other hosting gigs for TBS. I wonder if he takes those gigs around the time of his WWE returns because they're less physically demanding and therefore less of an insurance risk for production. That way he stays in the public eye and could theoretically host without issue if he was badly injured during a match. Just a thought. Have a great day. Now there's another one. 
Someone sent another thing about that same subject. Where is it? John Cena wipeout. Uh, it says, what's up, Pete? SUG and Dip, real quick, you asked, why does John Cena do wipeout? Check out the screenshot that I found of John Cena side-by-side -side on screen with AEW during commercials. What are your teas? Happy coincidence or can't put anything past Vince? And it's one of those moments where they do a picture-in-picture, -picture, you see the AEW product, and then you see John Cena right next to it promoting wipeout. Guys, guess what? Guess what I had the pleasure of doing last uh, Saturday? I asked John Cena, why do you do Wipeout? <laughs> I saw him in catering, and uh, he was hanging out with my boy, Nikki, and I went up and said, John, I got to ask you something. I brought it up on the show, so why not ask you right to your face? He was very curious about what, what was about to come out of my mouth. I said, I'm just curious. I don't understand. Why do you do the TBS show Wipeout? Explain. And he gave me a really interesting and John Cena-like explanation. I won't give all the details of it uh, because it was a private conversation. I didn't say that I was going to repeat it all in the air. But, you know, the gist of it is, A, he loves doing different things. B, shows like that are a relatively easy lift. Um, and I know that from doing a game show previously. You can knock them all out in a really short period of time. And he loves uh, keeping his tools sharp. You know, the the ability to ad-lib, go off the top. And he loves doing that kind of stuff. And then we just went on to have a really great conversation in general. I love that guy. It was the longest I've had time to catch up with him in years and years. Um, it's really cool that he's just around, you know. And I got to tell you guys, there are people who I won't mention by name, but there are people who show up to WWE who have big celebrity, and they're really not around. They're there, but you're not going to see them. And, you know, Cena being, whether you believe the moniker they've given him of greatest of all time, or whether you just, like me, believe he's one of the greatest of all time. The fact that he acts like one of the boys is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And I'm not saying he always did. Um, you know, prior to leaving when I first was around and he was sort of on his way out, like you definitely got the sense that John was in a different stratosphere. But the version of John that's around now, and maybe it's just because he's happy to be back and just doesn't care, he's around. Like he's, you can go up and talk to him. All the all the superstars get time with him. Like he, he is a, a normal dude. He is a normal dude and it's really, really cool. So... Shouts to John Cena. Now, I had a conversation with Brian Mann. And guys, this is a fascinating subject. Maybe a subject that we could spend the whole episode on. You ready? Is John Cena an all-time great because of his gimmick? Or in spite of his gimmick? Whoa. Now, I don't think anyone could argue it's because of the gimmick. The, the gimmick is cool, but it's, the, it's, it's, it's just like the gimmick became an over-the-top version of him, like many people's gimmicks. But could you argue that John has made it to all-time great status 
in spite of the fact that once they started putting the sort of Fruit Loopy shirts on him, he never has gotten out of that. Like, he's had to remain this cartoonish kid's character the whole time. Can you imagine if right now we were getting Hollywood John Cena? Like, can you imagine if right now when you thought that first night when he came back and he got one of the biggest pops he's ever gotten, if he just turned on everyone I know it's never going to happen. It can't. He won't. I know. I know. I know. But just imagine if he did. And doesn't John Cena, the man, the man who is excellent at doing his job. I feel like that man deserves one run to show us what he can do with the character that he really gets to be creative in. You know? Brian Mann was saying a bunch of these things to me this week, and I was just like, wow. I never thought about that. Like, the things I don't like about the Cena character are just the fact that he's forced to stay in this box permanently. But, like, it's the same thing we say here, what we've been saying about Montez Ford and how we want to see more from Montez Ford. Because there's only so much that a performer can do when they're locked into being the kid's favorite. And I would just be so curious. Fun food for thought, I thought. Mail. Luke writes us, says, Yo, P, longtime fan of the, the pod. Congrats on the wedding. I'm getting married this Friday. Oh, no, today. My fiance and I are wanting to enter the reception at John Cena time is now instrumental. Our DJ doesn't think it's possible because it's only on YouTube. He said he mostly uses title and I can't find the instrumental in there. Any idea on how to make this happen? Thanks and take it easy, man. I'm going to write him right now. Am I too late? I can save the day. By the way, if you have a DJ that can't pull a song off of YouTube, come on, dude. Cena, time is now instrumental. Let's see. Let's see, everyone. Hold on. Bear with me, everyone. Here we go. Everyone there? Why don't I hear you? There we go. Ready? Here we go. Your time is up. My time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. It's the trademark and I'm shining now. You can't see me. Whoever fell off, still hot, knock your shell off. The money stacks back and you can't turn the swell off. Merchise into business, a business, a bunch of business, business, to put deep on to finish. A soldier, and I stay over you fighting. Plus, I'm storming on you cats like I'm thundering lightning. I'm harder than nails, like I'm part of the jail. Competition, wishing that you come from my division, but you've gone fishing. Oh wait, like Colgate, any better than your sweater and your man's too hot. You never see me in the next man's sweater. If you hate, let him hate, then rock your own down. Lay your ass down for the three-second tan. Yeah, this is it. By the way, I always, did, was it intentionally ironic that he says, so hot you'll never catch me in the next man's sweater when all he wore at that time was the next man's 
sweater? It had to be, right? He had to be being ironic. Because it would make, I always found that bizarre. I'm like, wait a second. I appreciate that he's saying you'll never catch me in the next man's sweater, but literally he wears throwback jerseys constantly. All right, I'm downloading it right now. I'm so upset that you have a DJ who doesn't know how to go to YouTube and find a way to download it. It's literally DJ. If, if that's the case, it's DJ 101 these days. Back in the day, I would have gone and went, what's a YouTube? But I mean, it, let's see. Yeah, there we go. I mean, listen, it's ripped from YouTube, but it'll do. Let me send it to the guy. I just want everyone to know this is this is what you get. Boom, it's sent. Just sent it. Just sent it. MP3 attached. Hope it's not too late to save this guy's wedding. All right, back to the mailbag, shall we? Mail. Someone made a shirt for us. Uh, Rob says, here's my take on the no spoilers shirt you've been talking about making. I added a little freaking because that, hey, we all need some more freaking. Hope you like it. And it says no freaking spoilers. I'm not mad at it. I wouldn't want to get in trouble because he did the freaking and sort of Seth's freaking. Two, AW's production team is absolutely asleep at the wheel, right? I've just started watching some and they're constantly doing unforgivable stuff like missing cues, playing entire video segments with no audio. I remember people talking about the old WCW crews as guys with production experience who just didn't know wrestling, but this seems like something else. Any thoughts on this? How can it still be this bad four years into the product? Um, listen, you're comparing it to WWE, who is like the NFL at this point. Like, it is a perfect product in that way. Production-wise, WWE is essentially perfect. The A few weeks ago, I will say the worst thing I've seen was when they ran that vignette and there was no audio. And then they ran it again. That was that was the craziest thing I've seen mistake-wise in a very long time. Maybe ever. That may have been the worst mistake I've ever seen. Because the entire thing aired and then it aired again. Um, and I don't know how they don't stop in the middle and say, hey, sorry, technical problems. It's like they didn't know. And that was incredibly odd. Um, I'm not sure. They have some great people there in power positions who who do things really well. Maybe they just some other people in other places that are not on it. But yeah, that was, I will tell you, that would be a problem. <laughs> that would be a problem at WWE if you read an entire package with no sound. Mail. Uh, Mark says dip is wrong. I just can't understand Dip's disdain for Los Angeles night. Question, who was the last self-made over-like Rover star on SmackDown built organically? I can't think of one in the past 10 years of any sort, the level of LA Knight and his current push. He's currently battling with Heyman on the mic, and this just works. He may be derivative, but I think he's proven he's more than a few catchphrases. Loved it, but he's wrong. Dude is the number one babyface in WWE, and I haven't heard crowds pop like this since the Attitude Era. That may be overstating it to me. I think Cody's gotten pops as big as LA Knight. But um, I do overall hear you and think Dip may be. He's just obsessed with hating the gimmick or lack thereof as he sees it. Kiwan writes us. 
male. I'm 36 and I've been watching wrestling since three years old. I've even done indie stuff. As a kid, I loved wrestling so much. I watched everything, including Lucha, even though I don't know a lick of Spanish. Wrestling itself was the best thing. And when I hear you guys talk sometimes, it doesn't come off um, as guys that like wrestling more. So as guys that like only one product. Although I admit, I was bigger WCW and ECW. I still watched everything. It was super marked out for DX and especially the NWO. So how can you guys who grew up in most of the same era as me only seem to be into one product and one style and not love to watch everything? Also, some of it matches some of the matches you guys praised, like Shinsuke versus Rollins, were boring as hell and just never seemed to hit that exciting gear. But Peter said it was so great, like we were watching some the same match. Like, are we watching the same match? Rollins, Balor, great matches. And I'm a Nakamura guy, but it ain't the same. Listen, I didn't say I'm not putting Shinsuke and Seth as match of the year. I thought they told a really good story. And I think Shinsuke is the most most credible he's been in a long time. And I listen, I guess that what we do on this show makes people feel as if we don't in, enjoy all products. I mean, I listen, I know he'll get mad at me. I think SGG comes off most glaringly this way because it doesn't seem like he ever turns on AEW. Dip outright loves the wrestling in AEW, loves it. And, and I am right in the middle. Like, I enjoy both products a lot. I think if you're going to watch a random episode of, of Dynamite or Collision, you're really going to enjoy it as much as anything you'll see. I think the overarching storytelling and performances and characters are significantly better in WWE. But it's okay. It's been around forever. I absolutely love that another product exists. It's all DVR'd for me, and I watch it. Like, listen, it's almost like, Kiwan, it's almost like you're frustrated that I don't like it the exact same way that you like it. I still love it all. Like, I really do. I spent a lot of time talking about every kind of product. I am geared towards WWE. And come once a month, I'm going to be on a kickoff show talking about storylines on that product. So I can get away with missing as many episodes of uh, AEW as I need. Is It doesn't matter from a professional standpoint, except if I miss a storyline here. But we talk about the biggest storylines. Frankly, I go through the episodes. I watch the stuff that's meaningful and hits for me. Have I missed things? Sure. But, like, also, you got to give us time, right? Like, there are some people who are head over heels for AEW. There's some people who stopped watching a small amount, but there's people out there like, I don't even watch WWE. I just watch AEW. They're not doing it wrong. Well, I think a little wrong, but they're not doing it wrong. And I'm not doing it wrong for being heavily dominant in, in WWE. That's just how I see it. Irving. Male. Peter, longtime fan of Cheap Heat for many years. I've emailed before, but never got a response or mention on the show. I want to keep this civil, but I have to say I'm very disappointed. Oh, no. Here, this is this is political. I did not expect this. He, he, he writes, the liberal president of the United States America of America is a Christian Democrat, but has repeatedly said he stands with Israel over the past few days. You as a prominent Jewish celebrity can't do the same. Not sure how aware you are of the Middle East conflict and its history. <laughs> Where Arabs are literally taught to hate and kill Jews from when they first go to school. Also, they're not so big on rights of women or non-heterosexuals and the like. It's a shame yourself, MJF, and others can't follow Gal Gadot and use your voices for good. Best, Irving Cohen. Irving. Pay close attention here. By the way, I clicked on your email not knowing 
It says stand up in the subject. I thought it was going to be like about stand up comedy. Uh, and and the, the easy thing to do is to delete this message from the podcast, and maybe Troy will, but I don't I don't think we need to because none of those things that were said are my opinions. I'll just say this, and it's not about one thing or the other particularly. I do not believe in flag waving. I don't believe in it. I don't wave the American flag, the Israeli flag, the Palestine flag. I don't believe in it especially during conflicts. It doesn't mean I don't love the country I live in. It doesn't mean that I don't have a lot of love for Israel and have spent time there and my wife's family's there and it's a very important place in my household. I just don't believe that during conflict, you're looking me to stand up on the side that you're on. I've been standing up every day, brother. Look at my social media. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be cliched or cheesy. I've been standing up for peace every single day. And it's not making me popular with any one group. I'll tell you that right now as evidenced by your email. But you're telling me to stand up on the side that you want me to stand up on. I don't believe in sides when children are dying. I just don't. I'm sorry. I know there are people who do, do not get that and don't want to. And I understand that. And that's your right. Okay, I do. So I've always been this person. I was this person in 2001. I'm this person in 2023. But the only thing I'm, I take exception to several things. One, your version of uh, Arab people, I believe is indoctrination. And you saying, not sure how aware you are of the Middle East conflict and its history when I am the child of a an actual scholar on the subject is also funny. And then what you went on to say shows me you probably aren't that aware of history and context. So again, I don't take issue with anyone feeling however they feel as long as, it's as long as it's not about promoting hatred or death towards innocent people. Feel how you're going to feel. But don't come at me and say I'm not brave or I'm not standing up because I'm not standing up the way you want me to. You just got promoed, biatch. <laughs> All right, uh, one more before we get to Carlito. Mail. Herschel says, Becker heads of the table. Is it just me or should WWE have pulled the trigger uh, at Money in the Bank, uh, on the Money in the Bank cash-in at Fastlane? The twist I thought they were leaning towards, though, was that the cash-in wouldn't have been by Damian Priest, but rather by Rhea Ripley. I think that would have made made Rhea for years to come and be the highest levels of mage. They even teased it on multiple occasions. On Monday night, Rhea and Paul Heyman were in the men's locker room. Heyman told her she didn't belong there, in other words. And then on Fastlane, she took the briefcase from Priest. The end of a grueling last man standing match would have been the perfect op opportunity to cash in for Rhea without making Rollins look weak. The riptide is a move that impacts the lower back. And would have kayfabe been a good reason for Rollins not to get up? She would have stood tall as a legitimate, imposing, China-type figure that could bring fear to all competitors in the locker room. She would have also legitimized herself at the, as the leader of the Judgment Day by handing Priest the belt, insinuating that she did what he couldn't. Eventually, this could be a talking point between Finn and Priest, 
when they finally decide to break up as the only reason he's champion is because mommy went out and won the belt. This is mage, dude. That's a great point, baby. You should be on the booking committee, baby. I'll bring you down to Memphis with King and get you booking, baby. That's really, really good. Also, I've never had or seen an egg bagel. Going to Connecticut at the end of the week for the first time, so maybe I'll get my first taste. Love the pod. Thanks for the twice-weekly entertainment. Trey, that's good stuff. That would have been really cool. She comes in, hits the riptide, gets the pin, but then the title goes. I mean, listen, it's kind of fudging the rules, I suppose. But then she hands the title to Damian Priest. Klein, last email. Uh, it goes back to the current events, but a different tone. Mail. Uh, hey, guys. I very much appreciated your words, Peter, at the beginning of Tuesday's show, and I'm glad to hear your family's safe. I've been walking around in a fog this whole week, and I've been turning to wrestling to cope. That includes Cheap Heat and the Mass Man. You folks have been a real godsend. Thank you. One wrestling take for you. I'm a big edgehead from way back, and I'm ecstatic to get to watch him in AEW, but a part of me can't help but think that being inserted into the Christian story is making, maybe taking a little bit of the shine away from Christian, who's just been doing fantastic work, late, work lately, years in bagels, Kobe. I, I totally disagree. I totally disagree uh, with that part. Thank you for the kind email. I totally disagree. I, I think that Christian getting next to Edge makes Edge more mage. I mean, Edge getting next to Christian makes Christian more mage. If anything, I think you are risking that Adam Copeland shows up and isn't immediately in a program with MJF. I mean, the Christian story is an upper mid-card story. It's not the top story on the on the program. So I, I think it's it's I think it's the opposite. I think it's good news for everybody. Everyone, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. I do hope the show has been bringing you some joy. And as you can hear, I'm in a pretty chipper mood right now. It's been a crazy, crazy week. And uh, just grateful that the weekend is here and that um, blessed to be doing the show, to have uh, Natalie and my family, my life, and, and Dipperstein's in town. That'll be a lot of fun. There's good weather right now in New York. Just trying to have gratitude for the things that we do have. Instead of uh, you can't, we can't spend every minute absorbed in horrible things. Frankly, there are horrible things happening every day. This one just hits home with a with a lot of us. So, hope everyone's able to to do whatever it is. Spend some family time, watch some football, some wrestling, whatever it is that works for you, and. And enjoy the weekend. And uh, enjoy yourself. And, and also, take it easy. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team 
at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it finally happened. If you listen to this show, you know that no one has been waiting for this uh, longer than us here on Cheap Heat, and we've gotten teases of it now over the last uh, year or two, but finally, Carlito is back in WWE, and we're thrilled to have you uh, back in WWE and to have you on the show, bro. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm doing good, man. Everything, everything's good so far. Um. All right. Let me ask you about the, the most important question of the day. I mean... No more I spit in the face of, of people who don't want to be cool, huh? No, I, what do you mean? The intro, you mean? Yeah, uh, the, intro, little, the intro. It's a little different. I want to do something a little different. You know what I mean? It's been, you know, so much time, you know, you got to change with the times a little bit. So I wanted to kind of keep the cool going, but just come out with something new. Uh, as from what I've heard, people aren't crazy about the new theme song yet, but I think <laughs> I wasn't either. So maybe some of those things might grow on you later on, but. Well, also, we'll we didn't see. get to, you didn't hear it, because here's the only reason I reacted in a way where I was like, oh, no, where's the original cool, is because I guess you're, you know, well, obviously, I, I was at that point of where you were coming, seeing as I watched you sign your contract next to me, but, so I'm waiting for the music to hit, and then it's different, and I was like, oh, where's the, right, but so we haven't, I can't judge it truly until I, see, you know, see a few weeks of you coming out to it, and it being your theme, right. Um, but it is one of the most beloved. I don't know why. That's just one of the beloved songs from from that era. Um, did you? So did you have any input on this, or you show up and they're like, "Hey, here's your T-shirt. Here's your song." Like, how does that work? Yeah, I had a little bit. They ran it by me. I wasn't. They wanted to change it. I wasn't crazy about changing it. I like everyone else wanted to keep it. Uh, I liked it the way it was. But uh, you know, they said, you know, we want to change it. But right. Let's let's see what we can do. And they they asked for my input here and there. Uh, I'd say, you know, I, you know, they gave me like the things that, you know, okay, needs a little more bass here, needs more drums, little things like that. And then the, the lines, I wanted to change them. I didn't want the old lines from before. Um, and then it's, 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 like I said, I wasn't crazy about it, but it, it also, I, I found myself like one of those earworms where I'd be humming it to myself during the day, you know, because they, they said it to you, you listen to it a thousand times, and then I'd find myself just humming it here without even noticing. So, I mean, it, it, it grew on me a little bit. So I'm, maybe hopefully it, uh, you know, people, I don't, people don't like change. I'm not, I'm like that too. I don't, I'm not crazy about change, but I think uh, I think it's something that needed to be done, and you know, just to, something you know, put a fresh coat of paint on everything. So, did you get to a point where you just assumed you would never be back in WWE, or did you think at some point, somehow, even in your mid 40s, you you would end up back in WWE? That's a good question. I think after Puerto Rico, if, if nothing came after that, then I would have said, okay, let's close the book on that, and and you know look for something else, you know what I mean? Uh, but for some reason, I always, I never went anywhere else because I always thought that I'd be, you know, I'd be back. 
I didn't think it'd be 13 years, but I always had the feeling that I would be back in the WWE ring somehow. I've never interviewed you, so I don't know. Like when when things ended with you the first time, um, and that was a sort of transitional period, like that sort of general time range. There were a lot of superstars with a lot of upside who ended up for different reasons being released, moving on. You know, depending on the situation, you um, MVP. Um, Ken Anderson, Mr. Kennedy at the time, a lot of people who really had potential who ended up moving on. Um, was that a, was it a hard time for you? Did you assume that you would, cause you were so good and so big at a young age. Was that a surprising change for you? Did you think you'd be there for a very long time initially? Uh, yeah, at first I thought I'd be there for, for a long time. Um, but then, you know, like you said, these were a different direction, create creative stuff happens. Uh, I still did actually do a little more maturing myself, you know what I mean? So it was a little bit of, of uh, I can't just say, you know, I was innocent or whatever. I had a lot to do with uh, stuff going wrong too. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, it was, it was, it was, I, I, I really wanted to be away. When I left, I really wanted to be away. It wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't, uh, I didn't want to be, uh, what do you call it? I, I just wanted to be, I needed a break from WWE, you know what I mean? I didn't want to be away from WWE, I just wanted, I needed a break and just, you know, breathe and whatever so that's that's kind of what, what uh ended there and I don't, I don't remember it's been so long were you you wanted a break were you released or did you ask for your release i was fired i don't think i even got to, i don't even think i got uh that's future endeavored i was i was fired and then and then deservedly so you didn't get um, you didn't, you... <laughs> really huh? no i didn't get i didn't get uh did you, if you notice i didn't get a future endeavor and i didn't get uh i didn't you never saw me in the alumni page for some reason i wasn't in the alumni page Wow. So, reason, so it didn't end great when it when it ended Yeah, when it, it ended it the first great. time. It wasn't great. It didn't end great for, for for either side. It was it was it was a rough split, dare I say. So fast forward, how does it end up? How did the Puerto Rico thing end up happening? How did you hear that you would be involved in the Bad Bunny match? Uh I was that's all Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, you know, Bad Bunny, you know, he's a freak fan. Uh and he was you know, he's a fan of mine, you know, Puerto Rican, he's a fan of mine growing up. And I think it was his, you know, it's his, one of his ideas, I think, even Hunter, I think, was kind of his idea. They said, you know, they thought it'd be a great idea for me to be a part of it. You know, of course, being in Puerto Rico, uh, I think, I, you know, it makes, it just made perfect sense. Is it, is it kind of wild for you? Because I'm sure it's wild for him. Like, yo, I'm, I'm getting to work with Carlito and he's gotten to work with Rey Mysterio and all these heroes of his era. But is it kind of crazy for you considering Bad Bunny is like a national treasure and one of the biggest stars on planet Earth. Um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very proud of what he's done. Um, it's one of those things where I'm a little bit older, so I, I didn't really get, you know what I mean? It's a little <laughs> uh, after my time, but I'm still, you know, I, I'm still, you know, I like his music, I'm still a fan. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they, the young people in your family me. were bugging out, though. Pardon me? I'm sure the young people in your family were bugging oh, out. Oh, sure. Yeah, oh, my, yeah, like, like, like my niece and nephew, all of a sudden, now, now I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> Before being WS was whatever, but now I know Bad Bunny that now now they accept me. <laughs> um, so you grew up in a wrestling family. Obviously, your dad is a legend. You've been around it since uh, since childhood. Your are your earliest memories like being in the locker room in Puerto Rico with your dad. Uh, what are your earliest memories in this business? Man, all my memories are, are, are wrestling. You know, my dad's promotion. Uh, every job I've never had a job outside of wrestling. Every job I had was working, you know, started with my dad's promotion. I uh, started in the canteen, then uh, hawking beer. They uh, put up the rain. I uh, was a cameraman. And then eventually the next step was was to become a wrestler. Uh, yeah, and I remember, you know, that's why um, I never, I never, 
got the market out of the losing odds because I'd seen all these guys backstage before. So I just, you know what I mean? I just saw him as part of the crew, whatever. And I'd see all the stuff that goes around backstage. So I'm like, you know, I'd be like, these guys aren't the guys you think they are. These guys are a bunch of degenerates. Because, you know, this is, this is back in... These are degenerate times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is back in the 80s, you know, late 80s, early 90s, which was a crazy time for wrestling. Um, Were you always messing around and, like, rolling around in the ring with your dad? Because one thing that you bring... You know, it's interesting. You and Randy sort of emerged around the same time. Randy was in just before you. But you guys both, to me, I, I always thought of you as similar in terms of just that very smooth, natural ability in the ring. Like, and it, it always made me think, man, these multi-generational superstars, they're just, they're different. Like, they just get it in a different way. Were you always messing around in ring that whole time as a kid? No, and it's probably for Randy, too. It's, it's we just seen it our whole life. You know what I mean? So... We kind of knew how to do yeah, stuff before we even did it. Yeah, I guess there's something different about seeing it up close, right? Right, exactly. It's just, we, yeah, we just see it differently, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I remember when I first went to train to start wrestling, I kind of knew how to... The only thing I didn't know was it hurt. It hurts a lot more than you than you think it would, you know what I mean? Even, but it, and I don't talk about taking the body, even, even running the ropes. You're, I didn't know, you, you know, your body has to get calloused to run the ropes because my, my back would get all marked up just from hitting the ropes. Yeah, that I feel like that's one of the biggest surprises for people that people don't know the ropes themselves are actually painful. Although it's it's funny to hear it from you thinking like your dad would have put you like on game about what it was. Did did your dad protect the business around you as a kid, or oh, yeah. was he totally open? No, when he had, when he had a cast on, you know, some angle of the cast, he, we were the cast the whole time. We did uh, we did one angle where uh, Abdullah through ammonia in my dad's eyes and he was blind for uh, a lot but he walked around blind in my house you know he and my dad uh, my dad protected the business you know as, as much as he could wait 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 your carlos cologne was was blinded by abdullah and yeah. you had to deal with him act being blind in the house the whole time so you as a kid are like oh man my dad's blind right now yeah exactly and uh, i even had to go on uh, on tv and cry or like you know that I was I, I you know as I was like I didn't I didn't get I didn't get TV back then and uh, they go yeah well, we want you to like have your head done crying so I'm not gonna cry in front of you know you know we need you know to try to explain to me but I was like I'm not gonna go on TV and cry but whatever now now looking back I, I get now but it was yeah I was like I don't wanna I don't want my classmates seeing me you know crying on television <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of that he he was working twenty four seven yeah yeah twenty four seven you had one of the crazy. You had one of the crazier debuts in in history. We we all, you know, everyone sort of talks about the John Cena's, you know, debut coming up uh, or, or and challenging Kurt Angle, uh, ruthless aggression. You on the other side came out and challenged John Cena. Um, what do you remember about that debut? And were you aware of sort of how big the spot was. I mean, John Cena was not yet John Cena. So right. what did that feel like as you debuted back in 2004? Right, man, it was crazy, man. Uh, a lot of nerves. Um, you know, first match to be against. Yeah, he, wasn't, he wasn't John Cena at the time, but you knew he was the next guy up. You know what I mean? He knew he was going to be something. And uh, to come in and, and beat him, you know, for whenever you're in a championship on your first night, uh, it was crazy. I, I, was, I was just thinking, man, just don't, don't go out there and mess up. Because I think, you know, there was a lot to do because I had a promo. Then I had a match. Um, then you got to deal with people in the back. Some people were like, you know, oh, you're the next whatever, you know. But I had dealt with it before, you know. I've seen it backstage, whatever, so I kind of knew how to conduct myself. Um, and then, you know, Cena couldn't have been, you know, uh, 
a greater partner. You know, he helped me out a lot. He was very, I thought, I thought he was ribbing me because, um, he was so nice to me during the day. And then I think when, when we locked up that first kick to the stomach, I thought, oh, okay, I see that's what's going on. He's, uh, I thought it was me hated, but no, it's just, this is what he was. He just hits that hard. <laughs> um, you got to have, man, you, you had a lot of cool moments. You interacted with a lot of all time greats. Um, any, I'll throw a couple names at you and you just tell me if a memory, if any memory in particular comes to mind or just thoughts, uh, people you got to work with, uh, Ric Flair. Ric Flair was great. Cause he, yeah, I, I'd met Ric Flair years ago. Cause you know, he worked for my dad and he, he knew he my dad, they'd wrestled a bunch of times. So it was cool to, to wrestle with somebody that your dad's wrestled. Uh, that was, and then tag with him too. That was, that was pretty cool. And of course, you know, the, he visits at the bar always. Now you try to hide from him because you know, you, you can't go like we used to. Now when you see him, like, they go to the bar. Let's go around this corner. Because <laughs> I don't want to be out all night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, how how good was Flair still at that point? And for people who don't remember, th this is all like intercontinental sort of uh, picture. It two thousand five ish. Um, right. Because you look back now, I thought of him, of course, as old at the time. Now you go back and watch him. You're like, oh, he was in his early fifties. How was how was Flair at that stage in his career in the ring? Hey, still, still, still good. Still moved around, you know, great for his age. Um, he was still there mentally. I, you know, and uh, I'm surprised he, could, you know, he could keep up with the younger guys. Uh, I thought he still, he still had it. Towards, you know, towards that era, he was still, he was still good to go. Uh, you also had a uh, famous episode of Carlitos Cabana. You had uh, Hulk Hogan. You were right there in the center of the Hulk Hogan, uh, Brooke Hogan, Randy thing. Right? Is that what the story right. was? Oh, I think it was it, I think it was the Michael when Michaels and and uh, oh it was Michael we get into it yes it they was getting, it was they were getting into it um what memories do you have of that and like what an incredible spot for you who at that point is still really new in terms of being on TV and yeah you you have the spot where you're on the microphone as the obnoxious heel with Hulk Hogan that must have been a dream come true yeah that, that's crazy you know and I, I didn't think much of it then uh but now looking back as it's crazy you know I mean to be in there with Hulk Hogan to take the leg drop, you know what I mean? To, to take his comeback. Uh, you know, that's pretty cool. I never thought, because, yeah, he, he left the comeback at that point. So I never thought I'd be able to get in the ring with Vulcan. So that was that was a cool moment. But it doesn't overwhelm you. Like, when they tell you, when you show up to TV that day and you and you get a truck sheet or whatever, and you're like, wait, seg four, Carl, Carlitos Cabana with Hulk Hogan. It doesn't, like, do nerves hit you? It's just, all of you guys sort of blow my mind in that. And, you know, I was with I was with you just before you went out the other day, and I was ask, asking you about your nerves. Because right. it always sort of blows my mind that you guys can have these big spots and not get overwhelmed. But as a kid who grew up loving this thing, and Hulk Hogan being maybe the biggest name of all time, you don't get overwhelmed, like, ah, I'm nervous about your lines, anything like that? What's funny is, about live TV is... For some reason, in my mind, it's it's live. It's, it's not going to go wrong. You know what I mean? This, it just it, it, it can't happen. So I don't know why. Yeah, I just don't get nervous because for some reason I'm not I'm not going to screw up. You know what I mean? And when it, when I'm in the ring with guys like that, I don't I'm not an awe. I'm more of okay. Now's my chance to show. I can hang. You know what I mean? I can hang with you guys. That's always why I saw it. That wasn't thing. I wasn't. I was like, okay, now's my time to show them that I can you know, I can be the ring with guys like this. What was the origin story of the apple? The Apple. Um, well, if you if you notice, my vignettes were basically ripoffs of, of Razor Ramon's old vignettes, which and were a ripoff of, of which were a ripoff of Scarface. Yeah, which is ripoff. Yeah, exactly. You know everything. Nothing ever is a ripoff, right? <laughs> um, so in one, I think he was, I don't know, whatever. He spat something. 
he was, he was walking down something expensive. So in, so in mine, it was I was at a fruit stand, and the same thing. I happened to grab an apple, and I guess the fruit vendor was asking me to pay for whatever. So I ended up spitting in his face. And then Vince was looking back at it. Oh, I love it. I want you to keep doing that. And I was like, all right, you want me to spit apple on people? That's cool. I can I can do that in turn. As long as I'm, I'm not the one spit on, right? Okay. And then you know it it turned into I didn't never thought it would take off the way it would. That's so crazy. I know, and it it, it ended up being just like such a a staple um anything anything ever like awkward come because of the apple situation like i have to imagine there are dudes out there who are not thrilled about getting your like they might be fine getting beat up and taking a tough spot but i'm sure there were people who did not feel like having your saliva drenched apple in their face it's it's the weirdest thing man i've never really had a complaint and some people when they they, they tell them you know you know they get excited like, oh you know i get to be a part of this all right. I mean, I don't understand it, but I don't. I wouldn't want that. I don't think I can't think of anybody that I want to spit in my face. You know what I mean? Um, and then some. And, and on the street, some people ask me, "Hey, Mitch, how much would you charge to spit in my face?" What? Why would Why would you even do that? Why would you want that? I, I don't. I don't understand. But I don't know. I've got, and also, I've gotten a lot of complaints from parents about the kids in the back of the day about kids spitting yeah, at school. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. A lot of a lot of kids grew up trying to hit RKOs out of nowhere and and right. spit apple in, in apples in people's face. Um, what about the backstabber, which I I've always loved, and you've done so many cool spots with it off ladders and and all kinds of different places. Uh, how did you end up with the backstabber? I used to do it as a move, and it was Cena. Cena was the one that said, "Man, it's a cool move. You got to do this finisher." And I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't want to be able to do, have to do that every night. Um, you know. It's it's you know it's painful for both of us. Um, and Wait, the, why is know, it why is it why is it painful why is it painful for you delivering it? Because I'm taking I'm taking that person's weight on top of mine. You know what I mean? And when we hit the mat, they're coming on top of me. And sometimes you know so, some of these are big boys. You know what I mean? So that could put a lot of pressure on your back. Mm, and then for them, it's painful because you really can't. I got do my anything. knees. <laughs> my knees right into. They're the, just yeah. taking the move. Yeah. The uh that the that one I gave uh Jericho off the ladder. Oh, that was the worst one. I've ever done. Why? I, don't think, I, I don't think I'll ever do that again. I, it was you imagine that just falling off a ladder, <laughs> straight you know, to your with, back with Jerick on top of me. Yeah. Oh my god, brutal. Um, how has the you know we haven't really heard from you yet? How your character in your initial run in WWE was was very young, and I don't just mean like your age, but like the whole character. Like you were you were a cocky young son of a superstar and. How has the Carlito character evolved into this adult version, or do you not know yet? Is is that part of the fun? Is kind of just seeing how this thing goes? Yeah, that's part of the fun. I have no idea how it's going to go yet. I have no idea. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things when I get out there, I you know I, I just go with with whatever happens. So we'll, we'll see. I, have, I haven't um, really thought about. It. I'm, I kind of just wanted to be natural and just see see where it goes. And you know, we're recording this on a, a Thursday. When people are hearing this, it will be Friday morning, SmackDowns tonight. Um, now, I know you didn't have nerves at the, or at least you, you, you didn't seem like you did, and I asked you, and you didn't really have nerves at uh, at Fastlane. If, assuming you have just a match on SmackDown, and it's a singles match, and you get to have your whole entrance and the whole nine, because you get to come out last time, get the comeback spot, they hit your music, you beat everyone up, you hit the backstabber, you're done. Would there be nerves before a match match in your sort of debut back on TV? Um, probably a little bit. I'm assuming, yeah, it's, you know, 
first match in, well, since, well, I guess, what, my first single since, my God, who knows how, you know, how many, 13 at least. So it's, yeah, it's definitely, you know, I want to be a little pressured. I want to do good for a first match, but I'm going to, I'm also, I'm going to, I'm going to pace myself. I don't want to come out the gate, you know, trying every trick I got just, you know, just to prove that I still got it. So I just, I just, it'll be, you know, I think it'll be more or less contained, but it, it, it's still, there'll be a little bit of nerves there. So you said that after Puerto Rico, you you said, you know, if it doesn't happen after this, it's never going to happen. But before that happened, had you reconciled yourself with the fact that you might not ever be in that position again? Or in your brain, did you always think, one day I will probably end my career there? I, I, I just had this feeling that I would be back somehow. You know what I mean? I don't know how. Um, I just, you know what I mean? I just, and I think... Well, thing, the reason I think it took so long, I think it was it was miscommunication between both sides. I think, I think they thought I had, I, mean, I thought they had, I had heat with them. They thought, you know, they had heat with me, and it was just, it was just well, basically, we we didn't we didn't communicate. Like you know, sometimes time goes by, and you see, you know, you see things a different way. And like I said, you know, I I'd always had love for WWE. I've always wanted to be WWE. It's just, uh, you know, I just needed a break. I didn't need a thirteen year break, but. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, even when they would talk to me, you know, they were kind of like hesitant. Like, you know, they thought maybe I was anti WWE. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, it's just it's not that. You know, it's just I don't do the back. I don't do the go backstage and say hi to everyone. And you know, because just it just even if you're there, just say, it looks like you're looking for a job. So I I don't do that. You know what I mean? My resume my resume is out there. You know what I mean? If you want me, I don't want to be anywhere where they don't want me. You know what I mean? So I was like, look, my resume is out there. If you want me, I'm here. But so I think they took that kind of as just okay. But you know, he wants something to do with us stuff. So. I'm, I'm glad that we were able finally to like sit down and, and, and air everything out and, and show that there's love from both sides, I think. Super cool, man. And it, did did anyone else's return affect you and like give you hope? Like when you saw MVP come back and get a and become a full timer, did did you did that even solidify it more? Like, oh yeah, man, this this door is probably still open. Not really. I, I'm one of those persons where everyone's you know, everyone's their own case. You know, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't I don't know, doesn't I don't see what it has to do with me. Like I was happy for MVP; he's a good friend of mine. And uh, you know, seeing these guys like Drew and uh, what's his name, all these you know, all these guys come back, and and uh, I just thought you know one day because as you know, I, I thought there was a space, there was still a space for me to come in. Who did you remain close with from WWE? I mean, during the years gone, is there anyone you uh, always they, stayed in contact with? Yeah, MVP, Shelton, Ray Ray. Shane Helms, Bari, um, Bobby Lashley—you know, all the, all, a lot of the old timers. I used to, you know, I kept in touch with them. Is it is it crazy to think of yourself in some way as one of the quote old timers, as you just put it? Uh no, no. The uh, fans have let me know I'm an old timer now. My, <laughs> my the great, but actually, it's actually the best way of calling me old. Which I appreciate is people come up to me all the time. and goes, man, thank you for my childhood. You know, and that's you know, it's a nice way of being called old. You know, what I mean? it's like okay, I, I can appreciate that. Bro, I get that. I get that. When people come up to you and they're like, yo, man, I've been listening to you forever. Yo, you're a legend. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's, that feels, that feels crazy. Um, listen, man, uh, I hope we get to talk more as, as time goes on. I think I speak for a ton of WWE fans and wrestling fans everywhere when we say it's awesome that this happened. It was meant to be. And we're super stoked to see, uh, to see what you and the LWO and Carlito as a single star, uh, have happening down the line, man. Appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, people bear with me. Remember, this, this is old man Carlito now. So, you know what I mean? I'm not a, 
I'm not against anyone. I'm going to be try to do what I can, but you know, well, love, did you hear how times did, come by? Did you hear how Graves? I'm sure you've watched it back. Did you hear how Graves put you over uh, immediately when you came out when he said, "I don't know where he's been, but I know he's been in the gym." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's funny too. Is the way people say it, you know? What I mean, like they, they're shocked. Like, what, what do we? What did it look like before? Was I that out of shape before? Or what? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I'll tell you right now. So you honestly, you always had a tremendous physique. Like you looked like in the early days, a really in shape, but like you were like an in shape but passably normal human being. Right now, right, right. now you look like a professional wrestler. You're like, oh God, that guy's a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> he he must beat people up for a living. That that's I think what the what the change is. Um, I see, I see, yeah. Uh anyways, bro, good seeing you. Congratulations, and uh we'll talk down the line. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time. I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.